Welcome to the Louisiana Sugarcane News Podcast brought to you by the American Sugarcane League. I'm your host, Sam Irwin. The 2019 sugarcane harvest is over and producers are in the middle of the winter meeting season. LSU Ag Center sugarcane specialist Dr. Ken Gravois presented an overview of the 2019 harvest in the Assumption Parish town of Napoleonville. It's no secret the harvest was disappointing. What happened? Listen in as Dr. Gravois explains it all. Sugarcane, sweet sugarcane, sweetness of our southern trees. By the way, a video of Dr. Gravois' slideshow presentation is also available at the American Sugarcane League's website and the Louisiana Sugarcane YouTube channel. Visit lacane.org and click on News to find the video. Now here's Dr. Gravois. Good old Mark Twain, and that's a Mark Twain quote. Everybody talks about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. And if we could, we'd be working hard at it, right? So whenever you talk about the 2019 crop, you've got to always look back to the 2018 crop. These bring back a lot of pleasant memories, right? A lot of bulldozer rentals and left cane in the field, and y'all lived it, y'all know it. But whenever you have a really wet grinding, you know, you don't pay, you know, you really pay the price the next year. And that's that's kind of what we had to live through. That's the rainfall. I mean in Baton Rouge, just slightly above uh, normal rainfall, 64 inches, but you know, look, look at Diberia Research Station in Generette. And really, like any year, it's windows of opportunity. You know, it was a little bit dry in February and March, dried up a little bit in the middle of September. You know, got cane planted, dried up, a, probably had more tractor work done in November than, than any month. So, you know, you just had to pick your spots, right? So, we've been above average rainfall for a long time. I mean, we hadn't had a, what we would call a dry year in many, many, many years. I guess, obviously, predating 20, 2012. That's out of the Baton Rouge airport. And, uh... Y'all remember what that 90 inches of rain was in Baton Rouge? 2016, the flood, 31 inches of rain in two days. That's another pleasant memory. So this is a map that shows uh, it's percent above average rainfall across the U.S. And this was taken in, uh, at the end of June. And so the darker the green, the, the higher the percent. So if you see green on the map, that was already 125% above normal average rainfall. Well, there's a lot of dark green that runs up to 200 and 250%. So it was raining a lot in the whole of the United States, not just down here. That was at the uh, research station in St. Gabriel on June 6th. It rained a little bit. <clears throat> Like I said, all of the United States was getting wet. And uh, it said from May 2018 to April 2019, it was the wettest 12-month period on record. So a lot of rainfall. You know, that's the Morganza field, uh, spillway top right. Came very close to opening it. Matter of fact, we were already, you know, we were in the process of collecting acreage inside of, uh, inside the spillway. And at the last second, 
I guess Morgan City couldn't take it. Uh, they decided not to open it. That's the body carry. You know, you even get phone calls uh, how you get cattails out of cane fields. So this is the number of days that the body carry spillway was open. You know, 1973, big year in the in the record books as far as opening, and you know we really, really surpassed that by quite a few days. This is the number of days that the Mississippi River was above flood stage. 1927 in the history books, you know, you know that, that obviously was the bellwether mark. We certainly beat that record. A lot of numbers, right? I mean, there's a gauge in Bell Chase where they measure the amount of water flowing down the Mississippi River. 169.6 trillion gallons of water. I don't know how much that is, but it sounds like a big number. And you can see the other years in comparison. Then it was hurricane season. And I guess we got lucky. Maybe, maybe not. We only had one. That was Hurricane Barry. That came in July. You know, uh, category one hurricane. My, my, you know, some people call it a minor hurricane. A minor hurricane is what the next state gets. You know, when we get it, it's major. And those are some of the winds that it tended to affect people more towards the test than it did here, but it just seemed like it was a little too windy. And it had that bottom crook all year long, which was aggravating. And then it kind of hung up for a while, and the people up north had a bunch of rain out of, uh, out of Barry. So we had a lot of rain, but they had upwards of 15 to 25 inches, you know, up in Avoyles and St. Landry and uh, even parts of Rapids Parish. So it was all, you know, every weather event is a teachable moment and there's opportunities within the breeding program that we uh, have to take uh, advantage of. And one is a lot of broken tops uh, with Barry. And that variety on the left was, you know, a promising one, 13,758. And uh, a lot, a lot of broken tops in that variety. It's the main reason why we dropped it. And then Blaine Vietar sent the picture on the right, and you know, 615 withstood all that pretty well. This is a picture from the test where they had really high wind, so you learn a lot of these events. Well, September turned out to be one of the hottest months on record. That was good. We needed that little middle of September window of opportunity to finish planting because the mills were starting on the 18th and the 19th and the 20th. Record. You know, record highs all the way through early October. And as wet as we were, we still have a few acres out there that are going to be hurting because it was too dry when they got planted. You know, insult added to injury. Well, then it's November, and uh, this is a map. The little numbers are the dates, November 1 all the way through November 30th on the top. And this is uh, record low temperatures from the Baton Rouge Airport. So just a lot of different numbers. If you see on November the 5th, that was 1940. Had a big freeze in 1940. 26 degrees on November the 5th. Uh, probably wasn't a very fun year to uh, go through grinding with. If you look at the 13th with the little star in the middle of the calendar, uh, that was, that's, that's what y'all lived through, 24 degrees uh, in Baton Rouge on the 13th. 
And then the 29th and the 3rd, that was 1976. I remember that one. Uh, I guess I was a senior in high school and, you know, we were hauling cane, hauling cane on Wellum and uh, work Christmas Day. That's back when you didn't work Christmas Day a lot. So we have had November freezes. So started with a quote. We're going to end it with a quote. Bienville, that's the guy that founded New Orleans. He wrote in his diary, he said, this country, and he's referring to Louisiana, he said, is subject to such great vicissitudes, that's a big word that means changes for the bad, that one can almost not count on crops at all. Now there is too much drought, now too much rain, and the next sentence, besides the winds are so vital. Well, he never meant science, and he never meant Louisiana farmers. So, uh, you know, through all the weather, we make a crop. It's not always what we like, you know, what we wish for, but we, we persevere through it. So some statistics from the uh, past year. Our acreage is on the increase. Uh, in 2018, 459,000 acres. Last year, 482,000 acres. Expect that number to increase again for 2020. This is just uh, if you look at the column on the right, that's the percent change from 2018 acreage to 2019 acreage. The, the acreages that are highlighted in yellow show the biggest change. You know, Cadia Parish, a lot of these western parishes and northern parishes. Avoyles Parish up, you know, almost 40% in their acreage. Evangeline, Point Capete is now the largest sugarcane producing parish. It always was Iberia Parish. Now Point Capete is over 60,000 acres of cane. Rapide's showing a big increase. St. Landry showing another big increase. Vermilion. So north and west is the expansion. Tonnage, Jim talked about it. You know, we're, we're definitely, you know, lived, lived life through a, a very light crop. 13 and a half million tons of cane. Uh, that was ground by the uh, 11 factories. It really puts us in the ballpark for 2014, 2016, but for the amount of acreage we had, that's certainly a very light crop. You know, we get paid for sugar, and this is 96 pole sugar. That's what the uh, core lab reports out as, as 96 pole, 1.5 million tons of sugar. You can see the last two years, 1.8 million tons. And with the acreage, I'm sure USDA is kind of expecting Louisiana to be in the 1718 range, so that's quite a bit of a, a shortfall as far as sugar production goes. Cane yield, 30.2 tons per acre. It's been a long time since we've been on that low of the uh, range. You can see the 2016 crop, which followed a wet 2015 grinding, was a light crop, 31.8. But the big difference between 2016 and 2019 was that 246 in 2016 was a record sugar recovery. And my guess is our 222, you know, because of the freeze is where we ended up, but we probably would have been around that 240 range. So you could say that this industry probably suffered a 20 pound sugar per ton decrease because of the freeze. And then sugar per acre. Uh, Herman and the league, they report on raw value. Again, this is 96 pole numbers, but right at 6,700 pounds of sugar per acre. And I think Herman said it's been 2006, 
since we were below 7,000 pounds of sugar per acre. So, but we're going to erase that pretty quickly. So the variety survey, these are the, uh, uh, this is the variety makeup from the industry in uh, 2019. You can see 540 and 283, you know, right about 15 and 14 percent of uh, the state's acreage. Uh, 56% in 299, you see 804 on the increase at 5% of the state's acreage, and then just a smattering of some varieties that are probably on their way out. So that's the variety picture. You know, this, this picture tells a lot with a lot of 299 and a lot of 283. Why do you like them? They stumble. So 20, almost 21% of the state's acreage in third and oldest stubble probably in this part of the world with the limited planting from the 2018 season, you know, you had to keep a lot more older stuff. So I expect we're gonna have a little bit bigger planting this year. Okay, you know, things just, some days you wake up and you know, I always tell people you're only a phone call or an email away from a bad day. And so some of the chemical dealers uh, sent us some emails indicating uh, that Bear Crop Science was gonna dial back their label on Metribuzin to one pound per acre for all crops. And that was because every 15 years, these uh, pesticides undergo an EPA registration review. So now's the time for Metribuzin. Well, they had found some spikes in some drinking water and groundwater modeling, modeling numbers. And the bottom line was how they came up with that is they took the highest rate in sugarcane, which was 10 and two-thirds pounds in Hawaii, which I, I, I didn't know anybody put that much, and they probably didn't. And then they put it, they modeled it with a Florida sand. If you ever been to the Florida industry and know it's not sandy land, what we think about in the front by the bayou side, this is like beach sand. So I mean that's a that is a super worst case scenario. So we met Herman, folks from the league, Louisiana Department of Ag, a couple of consultants. Uh, you know, we met at the research station and uh, uh, Department of Ag actually does surface water testing for uh, different pesticides used in Louisiana. Uh, so we included that in, uh, in that top right table. And, uh, you know, we all got together and wrote a letter to EPA and to Bear Crop Science I called the uh, product manager at Bear Crop Science. He assured us that they were not throwing sugarcane under the bus. But I don't know why they indicated to their uh, ag dealers that they were, you know, going to dial back the rate to one pound per acre. That just, that, that wouldn't phase it. I mean, that, that wouldn't work here. So they're supportive of this letter. EPA, even though it wasn't the comment period, allowed us to put this on the record. The next step in the process, they do a risk-benefit analysis at EPA. Uh, they will come out with an interim decision on the future of the product and the use rates in the second quarter of 2020. So I guess I'm somewhat confident that, uh, you know, we made a, a good case in the letter. And during that time, that'll be a, uh, that'll be a time for us to uh, comment and uh, get our say in. So, it's not the end of the road. Really, I'm glad they gave us an indicator, which allowed us to kind of step in. These, these reviews happen, and uh, oftentimes they're uh, not much of a problem, but this would be a significant problem for us. 
raining things on broad as a, as a research station. We had 14 rows of 384. You know, you forget how bad 384 used to go down. And, uh, you know, the variety of ripeness that we have right now is uh, really pretty good. But when 384 goes down, it goes down flat. I don't know, y'all probably, uh, you know, putting out ripener. Maybe not a lot of 804 went, went into the mill, but, you know, where it did go and you put ripener on it, it'll, 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 it'll light up pretty white. So uh, just, just be aware of that, just things that you see. You know, the cool spring, with all the rain, it was a cool spring, just a slow, agonizing start to the crop. And, you know, the left picture is that seed cane on the left, cane cut late for grinding on the right. You know, same herbicide program. It was just, just easy to ding up uh, 299. The brown stripe, you know, comes in it, in, you know, during stress situations. So, again, just an agonizing start to the crop. Outfield plant cane data, always good news on the uh, horizon. These are the varieties uh, from the plant cane test and everything through 615, the 12 series. Uh, they're all released for the industry. You see the 13 series, 739, the 14 and the 15 series. Those are all experimental varieties. Uh, hats off to the uh, folks at the league, USDA, LSU. Uh, for collecting this data at around 12 locations and you can see uh, some good news. 615 looks like a promising variety, always has. It's a, it's a small barrel, high population cane. It's, it's, it's increased well and uh, there was a lot of it distributed this past year. Uh, 885 is looking good. Um, you know, 306, there's, there's some good things coming down the pipe. Whoops. Third stubble data, just to give you a feel for, you know, where, where we are with stubbling ability. And there's some varieties that are, you know, starting to catch up to 299. I mean, uh, you know, 804 and 615, you know, look, look like they'll, they'll compete decently with 299. Obviously, with those numbers, you know why you're growing 299. So, that's a little bit of a snapshot. So we had the freeze, we had an outfield variety test up in Cheneyville at uh, uh, Ross Harper, Jim, Michael Harper, and uh, hats off to Herman, we've done that in the past, and he says we need to convert this into a cold tolerance test. So we did that, we sampled it five times, and uh, uh, brought the cane back to St. Gabriel, <coughs> that's what it looks like, we harvest, we top it, right through the uh, growing point, take the top off, and then we leave most of the top and as much of the leaves on as we can. We run it through the shredder, we run it through the press, uh, we collect, you know, we dry it to get fiber, we collect the juice, we run bricks, pole reading uh, to get, look at purity, also look at pH changes, titratable acidity, and then right now, Jeannie Stein is working on polysaccharides. That's what happens after a freeze. You get a dextran buildup. So that's where we are. We don't really have the results yet. Hope to have them by next week for ASSCT meeting. This just happens to be 615 on the right. Whenever you clarify and it gets real cloudy, that's the only one that we really couldn't clarify. We were concerned because of one of its parents. It's got an Argentine parent that was used as a susceptible cold tolerant chip. 
and it looks like 615 is going to behave like it's susceptible cold tolerant parent. So um, not good news, but we'll have some ratings in the next week or so. This is some data that Alma took. They took, um, they went, they, they sampled a field, 540, 283, and 299. This is just a composite of all three varieties. And they sampled from the freeze every day to when they, just right before they closed on December uh, 21st. And you can see CoreLab TRS started off, well, they sampled the top, middle, and bottom. So blue is top, red is the middle, and the bottom is uh, the uh, green, which is the bottom of the stalk. So, um, you know, things trended down, but they never crashed and burned. And so that was kind of the story of uh, this piece of data. Juice pH again, and you expect juice pH to decrease as you get more acidic buildup in the stalk, and it did trend down, but it never crashed and burned, like it under, with a severe freeze. Inversion, so, Sucrose is what we call a disaccharide. It's made up of fructose and glucose. When they break apart, it's called inversion. That's part of the degradation process. So in, you would expect inversion to increase after a freeze, and you can see that it did, you know, inversion did tend up, but again, it never just uh, spiked uh, during the season. So that's my last slide. That's my pretty picture from South Africa with the sunrise. I'm optimistic for next year. You know, a light crop can make a good crop. And Herman pointed this out at the research and extension meeting. The 2016 was a really light crop, disappointing crop. And 2017 was a record crop. So just because we made a light crop doesn't mean we're beholden to a light crop this year. So it needs to dry up. The river needs to go back down. You know, we, we need Mother Nature to cut us a little bit of slack, but, you know, we had a good planting season. There's a few acres of, uh, you know, black land at the tail end that might be kind of iffy, but that seems to be every year. So I'm going to hold out hope and uh, wish you all a, a good start to All right, thank you very much. I appreciate it.